Welcome to Let's Get Triggered, the podcast where no opinion is too controversial. Today, we have Matt and Joseph to discuss mental health. So Matt, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Hi. So my, as you can see, my name is Matt. Uh, I'm from Spain, although you probably can't tell from my incredibly Spanish accent. Uh, I, so I grew up in America, which is why I speak like this. And I'm very excited to be here. Nice. And Joseph? So guys, it's your boy. Yeah. I'm messing around. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I do neuropsychology at Leicester. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's great to be here. I'm ready to. I'm ready to trigger some people, man. That's what I'm here for, bro. <laughs> I'm ready to be triggered. <laughs> well, that's the point of the podcast. Um, so it's good to have both of you on here because obviously Joseph, you do mental. No, not mental health. You do psychology, and obviously you do PPE, right? Case. Yeah. That. So it's great to have people doing, you know, humanities and have studied different mindsets before. So I'm, under- I'm assuming that you guys both believe mental health is is a thing. It's a problem because a lot of people don't. Right. So what do you think about? Uh, Well, so I have personal experience. So I had a history with anxiety and I it's no longer a huge issue anymore. But because of that, I've just become very aware of mental health issues. Also, my dad is a psychiatrist. So I've just grown around being very interested in different mental health issues and the also the growing rise of mental health in uh the current age because we do see that anxiety and depression are rising so i've just always been very interested in that mm, interesting yeah do you see that's a therapist so oh no a psychiatrist, psychiatrist. Oh, oh, doesn't... let's explore that difference actually yeah, yeah yeah so um basically so he doesn't do actual therapy at least not anymore now he works more for pharmaceutical companies and stuff um but yeah so i grew up with stories about you know like um people who had like um anxiety disorders so like OCD and stuff so I just grew up around stories like that so I've just always been really interested in stuff like that mm-hmm. and so is the difference between a therapist and a psychiatrist is that the psychiatrist can prescribe medicine whereas the therapist can't mm-hmm. yeah exactly okay. so um most people would go first to a therapist or a psychologist mm-hmm. um and then they would be the ones to do like cognitive behavioral beha- behavioral therapy and yeah, stuff like that it is <laughs> Yeah, and so you would go that for all of your, like, therapy needs. And then if the psychologist required you to do any sort of, like, uh, drug plan or stuff like that, then you would go see a psychiatrist uh, and the psychiatrist would help you with that. Nice. So do you guys have direct experience with a psychologist, a psychiatrist or therapist, counsellor, anything like that? What do you... What do you have? So do you have experience, either of you, with a psychologist, a psychoanalyst, therapist, psychiatrist, anything like that? Personally, you? Uh, I've done some counseling and I've read a couple books. Well, okay, one book. (laughs) A couple (laughs) books. I've read one book on cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, but not not intense personal experience either. Oh, interesting. You've done counseling. How old are you? Like 20? Eight, 19. No, no, as in, have you... Oh, no, no, you haven't been... Oh, no, counselor. I've been to a counselor. Yeah, that's what I was like. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, you. Maybe. Oh, yeah, she's 20. No, she, yeah, she studies I, politics. She's been a counselor. She's traveled around the no, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's... I, I did a course when I was 12 and became a certified counselor. No, no, no. I, I've, I've been to counselors before, but I've not done any counseling, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like with counselling, 
are they trying to get you from what kind of state are they trying to get you from because um i did see a sports psychologist but it didn't really work out for me very well actually we just i don't know we didn't gel or something i'm not <laughs> sure but i had a sports psychologist when i was doing really well at rugby when i was a bit younger and he was telling me how mental health was a spectrum and you get some people come to him because they need to get from suffering to surviving and others get go to him because they need to go from surviving to thriving and so I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know I think he was just trying to describe it in a way that would understand. yeah yeah but I kind of thought like what what um, job did your counsellor do was it like suffering to surviving or surviving to thriving what, when would you go to a counsellor whereas um, compared to uh, I don't know a life coach or a something else yeah well i don't really know so i wouldn't know anything about like life coaches but to me honestly i'm of the opinion that everyone would benefit from going to some sort of counseling mm. um like not everyone should because obviously we only have so many counselors and it's expensive but um <laughs> everyone would benefit from going to one because you know most mental health issues come from the fact that our brains are just designed to work in a in a world where all we just like we have to like run from tigers and we have to just <laughs> yeah. survive in this in in a world where you know it's just basic survival stuff yeah. and now we're we're in a society where no our minds should maximize our happiness so everyone would benefit from going to a counselor that knows psychology and knows how to deal with um, sort of problems that our brains create for us that aren't really there yeah um, so whether you are like truly suffering, you have very, very intense mental health issues, or maybe you just want to improve your life a little bit, everyone would benefit from a counselor, uh, in my opinion. Mm. And what do you think about it, Joseph? So um, I know that to be a counselor, the difference between counselors, therapists, and um, also called psychiatric doctors and practitioners is mm. that counselors, I know they don't necessarily have to have the degree to be able to give you the assistance you need to counseling. And like you said um, earlier on, um, with a counsellor, I think the majority of times reasons people go to counsellors is when they so like when they show social um, sort of deficiencies. Deficiencies. So, I, I don't know how to say social. <laughs> I kind of get what you're saying. Flags. That's yeah. The word. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm um, struggling in social. <laughs> Right. But when it, when it appears, when it's like a your vitamin like, when social it's physical like um, what's it called social like sort of like like sort of indicators. So for example, if you're like not hanging out with friends as much, or if you're not um, speaking with your family or as much, or if you're not showing like certain moods, then I think at that stage counselors get involved. But where um, it goes into like, like sort a of chemical therapy, imbalance and stuff, there's yeah. something where it's more cognitive. So yeah, if yeah. you if emotions are thrown off and they can see. There may be maybe biological reasons for that. You're probably going to therapy and then psychiatry stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, personally, I don't think everyone needs to go for counselling. In my opinion, mm, I why think because counselling sometimes sets you. It's like a if it's a change stage, then counselling can be like the wrong path. So counselling can set you down the wrong path. So like essentially, um, because we know that mental health is a spectrum. You know, mm -hmm. you could be. And actually, this is one thing I learned from IB psychology. Like my IB teachers will probably get gas. Oh. <laughs> But, um, so basically Ivy. how it happens is that, yeah. especially for um, major depressive disorder, so de mm. depression, which yeah. is what we know today, um, it's heavily oversubscribed and overdiagnosed and misdiagnosed all the time, mm. Um, mm. even with anxiety as well. It's a thing where basically, because the models they use are, are not, so when the model first started out, I think it was a DMV. I think it's what it's called, DMV1 or something like that. When it started out, because they had no prior patients, they had no way to actually 
depict what depression was or anxiety was. They misdiagnosed so many people with depression because they just assumed that people who were sad or people who were of low mood had depression. But depression requires both a biological, a cognitive and a social aspect to be fully diagnosed. Mm. Oh. So yeah, exactly. It's really, really, it's not complex, but it's like, there's a, there's a, like a decent amount to actually diagnosing it. But then just along the lines of that, coming down to what we have, I think we have the DMV five or six right now. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that even though we have, we've seen previous experiences because, um, uh, what's it called mental illnesses or mental uh, health issues can express themselves in multiple forms people are often misdiagnosed mm-hmm. and I think with counsellors because counsellors not, not, sometimes they don't necessarily have the training sometimes they don't necessarily have the facilities to deal with um, whatever sort of issue you're going with they they can misdiagnose you and that will send you down the chain like if they mm-hmm. say oh if you if you have anxiety but they think that you have depression, then they can refer you to someone who treats depression. And as a result of that, you get the wrong treatment and then that falls down the line and falls down the line. So do you think if you're misdiagnosed, you could essentially almost adopt the characteristics of somebody exactly. that has mm. that problem? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, is, that's, that's the yeah, biggest yeah. issue with mental health illnesses. Yeah. It's just like you... Because the difference between like a physical illness, you can always like identify, well, this is what this is. This is an A, B, which is equal C. You can always see what it is. But mental health, because there's so many overlaps, so many things. Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, because with schizophrenia, you'll have high and low episodes, but sometimes low episodes can always almost seem depressive. And yeah. if you have extended low episodes, then that can be deemed as depression. But then sometimes depression is just low moods and a bit of worrying sometimes, but worrying is a big part of anxiety. Yeah. And then so for the yeah, yeah. And OCD, you know, and because so they're all bleeding to each other, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, if someone so catches you at the overlap section, you know, they they may think you're one of the other two, but you could be. You know, yes, yeah, it's true, yeah, which that is makes why it's yeah. to really have a long-standing relationship with your, your mental yeah, health exactly. practitioner. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Whoever's yeah. Right? You know, it's yeah. important that I'm sure you know. like, if you get with someone, it's for a long, extended period of time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, example, how long were you with your counselor for? Um, probably. I'm trying to think. Not that long, uh, to be honest. So, like a couple months, three, four months, um, just because for me it was. It was more like I I just had to deal with this, like, one problem that I was having. And then by the time, like, literally just having someone to tell me, like, hey, this is the problem that you're facing. Here's how to deal with it. And then by that, at that point, I could just deal with it myself. Yeah. Um, So they gave you the ways that you could use to improve your your health yourself, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think... um, I, ju- I just want to clarify something that I said earlier because I think I misspoke. When I said everyone would benefit from a counselor, I mean everyone would benefit from some sort of like mental health um, treatment. treatment. Yeah. Whether that, yeah, so not not like specifically a counselor. And not everyone should necessarily go get, um, you know, a counselor or a psychiatrist. But mm-hmm. I just think, you know, uh, everyone, everyone, no one's brains function rationally 100% of the time. So just having <laughs> someone, true. just having someone there being like, hey, this thing that's been bothering you is actually a result of your brain's this function, you know? Yeah. Uh, just having someone there telling you that, that's just, and, and giving you like healthy ways of coping with it. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, it's just, um, that's what I mean when I say everyone would benefit from some sort of like mental health help from someone who who's trained in that. Um, but m- whether that's, you know, a counselor or a psychiatrist or a psychologist yeah, whichever you know. one yeah is, yeah right? whichever one it is for the person i just wanted to clarify that um yeah yeah no <laughs> i i fully agree because i feel like you know how i said the sports psychologist didn't work around the time that i was doing all that it was I, the final year of ib 
just got uh, into England under 18. So uh, I had a job. I was trying to, you know, maintain a healthy social life. the final year of IB. Literally, that's the final year of IB by itself. That's when I got my therapist. Literally. That's when I got my counselor. Yeah. So I think that is certain periods of time might require more support than others. Yeah. So I think I was lucky enough because I was doing sport, they gave us a lot of um, different things that could help us. So of course they gave us like a nutritionist and a yeah, sports psychologist, yeah. um, S&C coaches. But one thing that I surprised myself that I used was the lifestyle coach. So lifestyle advisor mm. or something like that. And I don't know if she's officially a mental health practitioner, but we would just talk through life stuff. So whereas a sports psychologist would focus on improving you um, as a player... So improving your mental state so you can play better. The lifestyle advisor would try to improve you as a person, which would just affect your sport anyway. Hmm. So we would just discuss things like going to uni, doing exams, um, social situations, um, loads of different family stuff, like just everything. And we would check in maybe once a month or every six weeks or something. And it was really helpful at that point, just because I felt like in those months, maybe eight, nine months, there was no one else that was in the specific situation that I was in. So having someone who's way older, she's done she's done um, elite sport and everything. She's done written books, done this and done that. So she's kind of, um, she kind of gave me perspective into the fact that, you know, someone out there has done this before and you're going to be fine. Because I'd go into school and you know how grammar schools are, everyone's focused on the work. So no one else is thinking, oh, let me go to training or, oh, let me um, go to work. Because most people didn't, a lot of people didn't have jobs final year. That's okay. Um, with, or That's party cat. or parties as well Bro. but the thing is the fact there's like maybe they might be going to school and going to parties mm. or I'd go to training or some people might be going to training and go to school or go to work and some people might only be working and going to parties but there was no one else that had the overlap of everything else that I was doing so we wouldn't they just wouldn't people wouldn't always understand so you know if you if I'm rushing from work to go to about someone's birthday party rushing from training to go to work or rushing from school to go to training everyone's thinking oh wh- why is she such a busybody this that I and the other I have a question though yeah. this is for both of you actually you know your um, your counselor and your lifestyle coach. Yeah. Um, did the did the demographic like they presented actually matter? So like, would you would so would you say so for example, like, Matt, would you need someone like that's white or Hispanic, or would, would I need someone black? Is that what you're saying? Or did that not make any difference to you? Because um, I feel like sometimes for a lot of people, it does make a difference. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it, honestly, it really just depends on the person. Yeah. I race wouldn't really bother me, but um, for me specifically, it would probably at least uh, at the time. Um, the counselor that I needed back then, which I don't really need anymore, uh, I'm I'm glad I it was a woman, and I'm glad it was because mm. it's just saying um, mine was a woman as well. Yeah, I knew yeah. it was going to be yeah. something. Because yeah. when you um, at least I I can understand, especially if you're having issues, you know, people our age, a lot of the issues have to do with you know sexuality and stuff like that, and so I needed someone who you know. Um, would understand like I'm sure I'm sure a man could do it just as well but just like for my own sense of comfort mm. um, I probably I, I'm, I'm glad I I had got yeah, I had a woman no me too uh, yeah is she a white woman as well or uh, that, it, that, that didn't really bother me just cause you know I grew up just a very international sort of yeah outlook. me too so it, it I don't think that would have would have bothered me that much. Same thing. I mean, my mum's yeah. white. She was Irish. She was. I really like. Yeah, I really like. Why did like you say her. Irish? That's like cultural appropriation. <laughs> Irish. <laughs> Irish in normal accent. Irish. Like, I, still do Irish. It. I stopped doing Irish. it. Irish. Wait. Irish. Irish. No. Why are you going Irish? <laughs> no, that's how I say I. Like I say I. My I like food. I Irish. This is our third time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, I. This is how crazy. we say I. <laughs> Years. I've never heard you say that. I, I like. I've never. You've heard never you. heard me say I. How I've do I never, 
You just say I like a normal I, person. I, Why are you going I? Like, where is the or coming from? Just say I, 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 I. This is like I, some therapy right here. You know, no, we're gonna do some therapy. What speech? There's there's speech I, therapy. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I. What is this? I. It's no, an I. It's, it's not your eye. It's, it's an, an I. I. It's your eye. You know, forget it. Forget it. Oh but honestly, back to the topic <laughs> so that we were discussing. About, yeah. Oh yeah, there's oh, yeah, a, I, yeah I having a woman helps, right? Yeah, and also at least for me, um, a lot of, so I'm pansexual, and I a lot of my issues had to do well, a lot of some of some of my thing had to do with anxiety relating to my sexuality. Mm. So um, it was also nice. Uh, I'm glad I had someone who was experienced with also LGBT issues. Mm. Um, so because it, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked if 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 my counselor was only used to speaking with heterosexual people just because you know when when you're just not used to it it's i don't think i would have gotten the best advice but yeah. thankfully she was used to <laughs> no, she was true. used to speaking with people who are lgbt because so you don't also really that. feel comfortable with people who are more or less like yourself so people who experience what you experience or have at least some knowledge on what you experience yeah you feel more comfortable and so that's i think that's the whole point of a counselor like you're supposed to be more or less comfortable with them because like a therapist or a psychiatrist or people in the medical field like, or the mental health field specifically like like hospitals or something yeah. like that they're like their job like especially with doctors their job are never really to bond with you it's always more of a this is my job I come in 9 to 5 kind of mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I save your life I go home <laughs> like a counsellor like it's more like a like a friend who yeah, kind yeah. of is yeah. able to oh, a friend who just gives good advice. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. But I think yeah. the thing that they both have in common, you know, doctors and psychiatrists, is that they're both non-judgmental, and I think that's a key thing. Like, it's a key thing in all yeah, oh, definitely. areas of medicine. Definitely, and, and that's it's just professionalism. Though. Yeah, that's good professionalism. So you can't, you're not allowed to, because then if your judgment of somebody affects the way you treat exactly, them, exactly, it bleeds yeah. onto them. So and that affects how well you can actually treat someone. So you're sitting there like, oh, this person, like if somebody has anxiety and you say, like, oh, this person. Just being a snowflake. Oh, oh my gosh! Okay, let's get into Ooh. the snowflake society. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you think it's just being I have a lot of thoughts? Okay. 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 So let's get so into this. The idea of the snowflakes I find very annoying because <laughs> you will not find another generation more entitled than boomers. <laughs> Elaborate, please. Yeah. Okay. So basically, I a lot of the. Um, a lot of the things with with calling I've never heard a good argument about calling someone a snowflake because most of the time they're 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 not asking for free stuff they're just asking to be respected and for their problems to be dealt with responsibly so for example the idea that you know our generation is going to have a lot of problem finding jobs like way more than other than past generations that's just a fact mm-hmm. like the economy is like getting worse that's just that's just a fact oh yeah that, housing as well you know, and and the yeah. fact that you know wh- you know uh 20, 30 years ago, you could pay, at least, I'm, I'm more familiar with the U.S., but in, in the U.S. at least, you could pay for college, like any college, you know, even the most expensive one, just working part-time for, a co- for like a few years. Mm. But now, you, yeah. there are people who have been paying their minimums for years, and their student loans are higher than they were in the beginning because oh, of wow. interest. And so the fact, you know, uh, inflation has risen, but but wages have stagnated, and so the fact that people are calling like our generation entitled because we say, "Hey, 
<laughs> the economy is just worse for us. Yeah. It's just not based on reality. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing with, with mental health. Like, th- there, like, just because your generation had to just suck it up and deal with it doesn't mean you should have. You know, yeah. I, would, yeah. I would love for your generation to have had good mental health education. Mm. Unfortunately, that didn't exist. But don't call us entitled because it exists now. Yeah, I think yeah. it's always existed. And on top of what you said about the fact that they had to just get on with it doesn't mean that they should have just gotten on with it. It makes yeah. me think of a quote that I saw somewhere. It was like, um, just because you could carry the weight doesn't mean it wasn't heavy. So, of course, exactly. it's still heavy for them. It probably still affects the way that they've lived their lives and probably raised, even raised their kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but, there's, but do you think there's an argument to say that people should be a little bit more stoic sometimes? Or, or you know, try to find that balance, you know? Well, I mean, just arguing... I think she made a very, like, a very decent point. Like, especially, I know, with my parents, it's a thing of... Um, when they grew up, like, I don't know how it is, but it's like they grew up and you were taught what you did and you you just produced what you taught. Like, you were never taught. So the way a lot of parenting styles I see with our parents or our parents' parents is that you teach your child to be what you want them to be rather exactly. than you teach your child to be your child, like to be a to person. To just be a person. Exactly. Yeah, like, okay. So parents parent their child to be they're like oh because i never did this i want you to do this because i never did this i want you to do this because i grew up this way i want you to do this rather than letting your child develop to become who they're supposed to be you just create them into who you want them to be i think that's what's created the biggest divide between us and them because for us now i know that when i have my children like i'm going to be liberal as hell with a lot of the things like so Mm. like even um (laughs) project mbappe (laughs) I've listen, listen, on Twitter. Listen, listen. The moment you start walking, the moment you start walking. Here's a football. Bro, I don't care what ball it is. Tennis, football, basketball. Yeah. If you mm. want to play with a shuttlecock, I don't care. But just saying it's an option. You don't have yeah. to go to uni and study to be a doctor, lawyer, yeah, no, accountant. No, 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 because no, no, no. I feel like that's the thing that a lot of parents But you know what? That, that's, that's a really weird thing. Because I, I, I realise that we're in an age where... Um, being creative and being like softer skills are what's making more money for a lot of people oh, 100%. And it's a lot more desirable mm, yeah. but the world is a lot more based and functioned and harder skills like being a doctor and being an engineer and being a lawyer and stuff like that those are required to actually make the physical societies that we hold upon yes work. but then you can use the softer skills to create machines that do the harder skills which is what we've seen over the past 20 yeah, years yeah, exactly. loads of people are put out of work because now the machine even even jobs like accounting that's <laughs> the days are numbered <laughs> yeah because True. machines can literally Literally do all the all the data and the numbers. Computers can do that, you know. Yeah. But even then, you still have to like to program a computer. You, you still, still need to understand to, the system, and that's a whole. Yeah, but that means instead yeah. of needing five hundred accountants, you just need the one to program the system, and then yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah, you are getting far off what we were talking. About. Oh yeah, mental <laughs> health. Yeah, I think what, what, just to answer the earlier question because I've just been thinking about it. That is it. Like, um, should we be stoic sometimes? And I think it's not the way I see it. Is just there's never there's never a good reason to ignore a problem or to just quote unquote just deal with it because mm-hmm. usually like a small problem is is just it means there's a bigger problem yeah so like let's if you feel uncomfortable for whatever reason like in my opinion it's it, 
saying like, hey, this is making me uncomfortable or like, I don't like this, that takes way more strength than just being like, I'm just gonna deal with it and not tell anyone. No, like, like there is strength in vulnerability. Like, we can only be strong when we are vulnerable. So I, I really hate this whole idea of just like, if you're anxious or if you're if you feel depressed or something you should just learn to deal with it like no it's it's way more to me that it shows way more strength for someone to admit that they have a problem and find ways to solve it rather than just, just pretend, pretend it that it's exist. not there no, 100%. But I, think that, I think the counter argument for that is the fact that uh, I, f- I feel like especially with the internet society that we have today a lot of people want to be victims really really badly i feel like that's how it is mm, i don't know if it's today problems. i don't know if that's today i think I, that's just human nature loads of people just like to i think i think have I, stuff done to them rather i think than every, i i agree i think uh when you look at literally every every aspect of you know um it, it, like both sides of the aisle in politics everyone makes themselves out uh, slightly to um, be the victim but like sometimes the the problem with saying like don't have the victim mentality is that sometimes you just are a victim yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like if someone yeah. if someone drives their car into you and you're like hey <laughs> someone <laughs> drove their car into you're you and the they're victim. like oh you're making yourself no, no you're not making yourself out to be you are a victim yeah. so I I completely agree that there's we should have we should make sure that we're not making ourselves out to be the victim unnecessarily like i definitely believe that that's that that's something that we should be aware of yeah Uh, yeah. at what point is your problem just a tiny thing and at what point is it just an actual (laughs) problem because it's like so imagine like you see something on the internet with like i don't know oh i'm trying to think of examples but my hand my mind's running blank but just imagine like you saw like a baby pigeon die or something like that. Oh. And then you're like, oh, this is... In London, that's very common. <laughs> you see pigeons yes. die? Yes, in Elephant and Castle, you just see the feathers and the blood. Elephant just... and Castle is yeah. a different place. So there is... <laughs> Literally. I'm not going to lie, there was a headless pigeon two days ago. Just, <laughs> just there, and this is Hammersmith, I'm you know? Fine. I promise you, it was like two days ago. Just I saw... <laughs> I ran into a dead rat the other day. Oh. Oh. Wait, I just meet these animals. Though. <laughs> it's London. It's the city. city. <laughs> there so are I, cars. I I don't get out enough to be seen this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, it's just, just there's things that, because I feel like people want to be offended at things that don't necessarily offend them. I don't want to say it enough, but things. Wait. Like, no, because like, for me, oh, just, this is just, like, I guess it's, this is the problem with the argument or we're really discussing on how to view life because there is no correct way to view things. Mm-hmm. There is no correct way to um, deal with issues. There's no correct way to discuss or look at something. It's just a matter of perspective. And, depending on the people you're with, if it's a shared perspective, then that's how things are going to get dealt with. So, like, mm. the internet. If people on the internet want to be a little more victimised than other people, and, like, save the boomers that we are talking <laughs> about, then regardless of what the situation that we, is that we're tackling, yeah. then they have every right to feel that way about the situation because it's a shared collective and it's just the way they've decided to deal with it. Yeah. So, but in that aspect, it's just this, it's a situation where, like, I feel like a lot of people really just they're just too comfortable with the idea of being the victim. Like, I, 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 me personally, I just, it takes a lot for me. I have like a really, really high threshold, I guess, for pain or emotional pain or something. Emotional. Like it takes a lot for me to really just feel like this is armor. Because at the end of the day, there are so, like, the world is just a terrible place. In my head, wow, the world is a terrible that's place. that's a strong... Just, it's all terrible. Like, in my opinion, <laughs> the whole world... The world's order is chaos. Okay, like, you know, I world, agree with that. The world that doesn't do function yeah, things yeah. don't go wrong. People yeah. have to be exploited and people have to exploit. I, okay, no, okay, okay, okay. I, 
No, I should finish. I'm just. I want to. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to. I want to hear it. I want to hear. I want to hear. It's it's a situation. Okay, like um, look at it in this way. Uh, for you to have come here today using the train lines or whatever that. Mm-hmm. Someone had to labor their hours, probably at whatever wage that they were just given based on whatever the government decided to build those train tracks for you to come along. Yes. And you benefit from that, but they haven't necessarily benefited because the money doesn't really mean too much for them, right? Yeah. And that's what I mean by people are going to have to do things they don't want to do for other people to do things that they want to do. And yeah. that will happen on different variants, different but, scales. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to get too into this, but that's... A result of capitalism. I just want to say, <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to get into it. No, but um, I I agree, and I think there's a bit of nuance uh, to be had about the the sort of um, the the victim mentality because I, I completely agree that it's a thing. Um, I don't think that it's something unique to our generation because you know if you look at. Again, I'm more familiar with America, but there were a whole bunch of like boomers who were saying that <laughs> literally they were complaining uh, a few years ago because Starbucks during Christmas, instead of having like a Christmas cup, they just had a red cup and they were like, the war on Christmas, <laughs> like Christmas is being erased. And it's just oh, like, because not everyone celebrates Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so, um, and, but, and, and so I think I don't, I, I do agree that there are some people in our generation that, you know, have this sort of victim mentality, but I don't think it's unique to our generation. I think it's something that broadly everyone likes to think that they're the underdog. Um, and I think that's just human nature. And so if you look at every single, you know, you, every single, generation, you know, generation, group of people, everyone well. always likes to think, you know, that they're the ones being put upon. Mm. Um, and I, I recently read this book, you know, I'm not smart enough to come up with this idea, <laughs> called um, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, oh, which okay. was really good. I've definitely heard of that. I've heard of yeah, that. Yeah, it's really good. I, I yeah. heard the audiobook, and the way he explains it is, um, so... Uh, he he puts it more into like an individual perspective is that there are things there are times where you just are going to be the victim Mm. but you don't have to have the victim mentality so the way he he phrases it is that there's a difference between fault and responsibility Mm. is that you know things happen in our everyday life that are not our fault like it's not my fault that I have anxiety for example like it is like the reason I have anxiety is because of a combination of environmental and biological factors Mm. that I probably could not have controlled but I'm not going to sit here like the 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 issue I shouldn't sit here and just be like oh well because I have anxiety I can't do this 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 and this Mm -hmm. Mm. because at that point like I have been this is the hand of cards that I've been given and it's up like no one is going to fix my anxiety for me it is up to me to um, make the life that I want to live so I think I think that's a really healthy way of viewing it that like it's not that everything that goes on in your life is your fault but you should take the responsibility to try and change it if there is something that you can't live with. Yeah. Yes. And I agree. That's and I think powerful. I think it's it's really good because I think it's a it's a great way to talk about like social issues and stuff like that. So like if there is actually like a group of people being victimized, um, so like for example, I, I would say immigrants in in America, like obviously they just they shouldn't sit by and be like oh woe is me life is treating me poorly like the way they should do it is you know like no you know we are you know we are being treated poorly by the government how do we fix it like that that should be the mentality um and i just think that's that's a really great way of like reconciling the fact like yes you know some people are actually victimized but how do you avoid falling into that sort of victim mentality yes no i agree and i think 
the reason why victim mentality is so attractive sometimes is because it makes you feel like you're the good guy because if you're the victim that means the other person's the bad guy mm. and no one wants to see themselves as the bad guy yeah, yeah. so it's easier to say the victim and look at yourself and think oh I'm innocent in all this than be the villain almost because yeah. oftentimes we do villainize people in power like the government or your boss Far too much. I feel like it's really really parents. tough for politicians because politicians yeah. everyone feels like politicians make laws but they don't make laws all they do is really sit down and ascertain what society is doing and see how better they can amend what mm. is already there. They can't make, like, laws, especially, I know, for America, like, constant... Like, you guys have been discussing the whole gun thing for years now. Hmm. But because it's a constitution, it's yeah. already ingrained law, yeah. you can't change it. From all, hundreds of years know, ago. All you guys, yeah. all, that, all, like, your... I think the Senate or the Congress can really do is sit down, look at the law and think, okay, how best can we delegate things for the people to match the law because they can't change you can't change the laws mm. and that's how countries work the thing is I, I think if you could the, I think the discussion with that whole gun law is that they could change it but then that would call into question the whole yeah, the set whole, of yeah. laws so then um, what, what are, what's some other of the um, things that are so in there like um, you, you've got the right to to live freely or, or yeah. most yeah most of the stuff in the constitution I haven't heard that many um that I haven't heard that many like the biggest one is is gun control so yeah. I, I can't think of another one that's like really um, but I'm sure there's some really reasonable ones there but yeah, if you take yeah. off there the there is one I really want to discuss it's not an actually American one but it's a human law. a human it's okay human, human rights yeah it human rights? is it freedom of speech it I knew it it's the most paradoxical one oh because my God. Agreed. Thing, because yeah. you're not allowed to use hate speech right you're not allowed to, in so many things you can't say hate speech but hate speech goes in hand with freedom of speech if you're not allowed to say something that offends other people yeah. then you're not allowed to say something yourself and therefore you don't have freedom of speech yeah. you see yeah. what I'm saying okay. but it's yeah. not your fault that they are offended by what you say yeah but okay um, to I, I find this um, this topic really interesting and I think there's there's a lot of nuance to freedom of speech and one of the things that I you know I, I am a super staunch supporter of freedom of speech that's the first thing I'm going to say like I pretty much anything that goes against government freedom of speech. So so like the government I'm I'm very much against any sort of law that could allow the government to tamper with freedom of speech. That being said, something that I don't hear a lot of people talking about is this there's this thing called the chilling effect where if you allow certain people to speak, it discourages other, other people, people from speak speaking. So like if 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 tomorrow we woke up and suddenly Twitter was like 90% neo-Nazis or something like that. <laughs> Like, do you really think, you know, black people, gay people, Romani, Jewish people would go on Twitter? No, they probably wouldn't <laughs> because it's 90% neo-Nazis. And so, you know, I, I, while I don't think we should give the government the right to just dictate, oh, yes, this person committed, you know, a hate, uh, committed hate speech, we should put them in jail. I don't agree with that. I, I definitely think it shouldn't just be like the like the wild west you can literally just say anything so like the way i usually see it is the government shouldn't interfere but we should pressure companies to to like to um not not necessarily follow completely free so like i wouldn't be okay with the government saying like if you say slurs you're going to the to jail or something but i would be perfectly fine with twitter saying like if you if you are extremely anti-semitic or you call for violence we're not going to let you be on twitter anymore like so i completely i don't think the government should have that power but i think it's it would be res it would be irresponsible for us not to pressure companies um 
not to enforce those rules. If that makes sense. But that, the thing is, like, at, at which stage does the speech become offensive? Because if I say something like, "Oh, I don't like dogs," then someone will be like, "Well, that's offending me." Like <laughs> anyone could easily be like, "That's offensive to me," and as a result, of that they could take whatever action. Because the thing, this is the thing about the discussion of speech. Like, we know that uh, discrimination has to be uh, what's it called um, actions upon prejudice. Right? Yeah. That is what discrimination is. But then how is. do you know? But okay. it's speech discrimination. Like, if saying something to someone, do you consider that discrimination? Because if I walk by and I go, I don't like your shoes, or I don't like you for X and Y reason, would you consider that discrimination or just a prejudice? Mm. That's the question. Mm-hmm. No, but discrimination is acting upon the prejudice. Fact, on, on, on the, the prejudice. prejudice. But do you consider a speech... Like, but speech like, actually yeah. part of discrimination. Because it's an action, right? It is technically an action. Yeah, but do you consider saying it? that about shoes, how does no, that no, affect but it? Say, because but say, okay, but if I say, oh, I don't, like, I don't like you because you're black. There, that's prejudice. Hmm. That's prejudice, but it's not discrimination, right? But everybody's allowed prejudice. No, There's no laws against prejudice. You're allowed to have any prejudice Yeah, no, 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 100%, you but you just mm. can't act on it. I think that's the same thing with paedophilia. There's no law against actually being attracted to children, but if you act on it, that's when, that's no, when you get in trouble. but the question is, what do you define speech as acting on something? Because uh, for a lot of the times, people don't. Yeah, I think, ah. um, to, to me, the way I would sort of reconcile that is, so... I, again, I am a super, super staunch supporter of free speech. The reason I would ban, like, a a super neo-Nazi who's, like, not just who's, like, actively going on and and giving tangents isn't because them saying it is necessarily... Like, it's not because their words are offending anyone. And I think I really hate the word offend because I feel like... It's been the way it's, it's been overused yeah. to the point where if you say like, oh, this offends me, it seems like that's not an argument when really it's like a sort of a deeper thing. So it, like the reason I would ban like a neo-Nazi from from a space isn't just because like it offends someone. It's because if you allow like if we allowed one neo-Nazi on Twitter, it wouldn't be a big problem. But it's like it, it's basically like what do we want this platform to be. Do we want this platform to be a place where we can have reasonable conversations or do we want it to be a place where anyone can just say whatever? And so and so you should conversation is gonna include whatever though. Yeah, yeah, but and, and so what I mean is that if your goal is to is for everyone to have like calm, reasonable conversations, obviously you shouldn't just ban anyone for being offensive. But if if someone like constantly and clearly disrespects you know, a bunch of people, then I don't I don't think you can say they're adding to the conversation. They're detracting from the conversation. So my argument would just be like, it's okay for, for a company to say, we don't want that type of people on our platform. Yeah, 100%. And on your point as well, thinking about speech, I think the fact that sometimes speech can be seen as active discrimination depends on who is speaking. So if I was if I was speaking about something, you guys were speaking about something. We're not no offense, guys, but we're not in positions of significant yeah, yeah. power or clout for it to actually make a difference. Yeah, <laughs> make a huge difference. If some if it was somebody such as a, a politician, like we've discussed, mm. or even celebrities saying things, uh, there are people that can actually change people's minds. I really hate. I I hate that. You hate that. I hate that sort of. That's the mental, I, I think that's that, law that, that it's not even a law, it's just more of an, an analysis. Law. Yeah, no, yeah, almost an unspoken law, yes. But I really hate that. So, because you're in a position of power that you've really worked for, you're no longer allowed to have a regular opinion. Is that what it is? So, us as regular people, we can sit down and discuss what we want because it isn't going to affect enough people. Because someone's 
above for whatever reason they whatever can no reason. longer have the opinions that we have because they're above is oh no of course they think, can hold I their opinion but they need to understand the power that comes with that position yeah. and but i think that, i don't I, I think it's just like sorry to interrupt i just mean i just think there's there's just a level of responsibility that you just have to accept when you have like a large audience that mm-hmm. just and it's not a it's not a case of like oh if you misuse it we're banning you don't you no longer get to speak it's just like if you use your if you use your platform or your like following irresponsibly then i think people have the right to criticize you in a way that they wouldn't criticize someone who didn't have that following 100 percent. i think that that would just be like my argument Mm -hmm. and even and you need to understand that these people can set trends in ways that regular people can't and i was reading a book by malcolm gladwell and he it was about trend setting and um just trends in general and there was a trend in an island i think it was polynesia or somewhere like that where someone with significant clout like a, either a musician or someone like that killed themselves and suddenly they saw trends of everyone just killing themselves mm. little boys hanging themselves the same way that this person was hanged mm. all of a sudden it was just and sometimes they didn't even want to die they were just playing around with the rope because they'd seen this guy kill himself by hanging and so that's why you need to be careful with words because words can be just as powerful. Yeah. Um, uh, a recent example that I've recently thought about um, this topic is, so like JK Rowling. So I'm a f- super, super staunch supporter of trans rights. You know, I know all of like the biology that goes into it. I will get into a debate with anyone. <laughs> and so I have been criticizing TERFs, which is like, tra- uh, they don't like being called TERFs. So, so these are typically like super feminists who don't include trans women in their feminism. Um, and I, I've always been very critical of it. But obviously when J.K. Rowling comes out and uses the exact same rhetoric that these TERFs use, I'm much more angry when she does it because she is one of the most powerful people in the country. And so, you know, it's not that she's not allowed to have an opinion. It's that her opinion is more dangerous than just a random angry feminist on the Internet. Like her opinion matters. So I'm more concerned with her. But it isn't her fault that her opinion matters. Like, no, but, but, it's but she has to take that responsibility. We, mm-hmm. we we, with great power comes great responsibility. But, but then it's, it's a really it's a balanced situation where mm. she has the responsibility to have like personal censorship over what she says. Yeah. But people have the responsibility to just be smarter. <laughs> no, as in like, if, if you're really letting celebrity dictate how your, your mental works, how your opinions form, then really and truly, what kind of person are you? If you can't fend or think for yourself or have informed this like informed opinions on something that could be political or, what, or emotional or whatever reason if you are just allowing yourself to be influenced by what someone says then how like literally what are you seriously? a child okay, children but then that's literally why sites are like don't be here if you're not over yeah but jk because- rowling is a children's author so a lot of people that follow her might be children i was really interested in her when i was young when i read harry potter i was like oh who's this woman and if they go online and just type in jk rowling it's not good her twitter account isn't censored you know her youtube might not be censored and if they they see her say this stuff yeah, they'll be affected so that is so tired man mm. i thought that's what the whole man like the age banning thing was for to make sure that children are younger because children are impressionable obviously yeah. no and, and another thing is just i i think we we should hold people accountable for what they say to their audiences because you know another thing that i you know i um, so I, I'm, I research a lot of, you know, like neo-Nazi stuff, you know, I've, I've done stuff like that. And one of the things that you see a lot nowadays is you have people who maybe they themselves aren't like neo-Nazis or fascists or whatever, but then they'll use 
really sort of, you know, quote unquote, dog whistle rhetoric. So they'll say stuff um, that is just very vague. And, you know, you can't if, if you just said it out loud, then you wouldn't be like, oh, they're fascist. Mm. But then the that, people who are fascist and Nazis like, know exactly opinion. what they mean. Uh, yeah. So it's like uh, like and so I, I just find the type of people who say like, oh, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not saying anything about um, I'm not actually advocating for people to be Nazis and stuff. It's like, no, but you have a responsibility to create the audience that you want. And if your entire audience is neo-Nazis, then like that's a little <laughs> bit your fault. Like that's not, it's not, it doesn't just happen to you. Like you cultivate an audience and you create it. So True. I, I've just, I am very wary of people who try to, um, of not people, but I, I'm just very mm. wary of, of, the argument that, you know, you have no responsibility over, like, your audience and what you say, just because I feel like that that tends to lead to sort of irresponsible actions. Yeah, and I guess, they yes, you're right, they are responsible. They need to accept they are responsible. But what happens if they do accept they're responsible and they say what they like anyway? Like, you're, like you're suggesting. They say what they like, do what they like, and they because face the, the consequences. Because at the end of the day, you can't, you can't bat an opinion. People will have their opinions regardless, and depending on whatever platform they use they can just share it it's like it, like look at it it's say if twitter bans you from saying certain things they flag it you can just go to reddit because i have that, like, I have <laughs> no, reddit. Reddit, has, reddit has no bans you could just go to the streets and start shouting at profanity. yeah yeah but that, that's what i mean when i say like i wouldn't want the government to have the power to like put you in jail for saying something because i just think that's very totalitarian and i don't think that's gonna end well for anyone but i think that communism <laughs> don't get me started I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, um, yeah so um, I don't think the government should have the right to like put you in jail or fine you for saying stuff I, I think that's too far but I think you know there are actually and, and you know obviously there are arguments like when should you you know take someone off a platform when should you not like obviously there's a nuanced argument to be had but I think you know uh, something that we see a lot is that there are people being radicalized online so there are people who look up one video on flat earth and the algorithms are designed to give you more of what you've already been watching so like mm. i'll watch one video on flat earth and then suddenly 10 hours later i'm looking at at, at videos about the jewish question like it's 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 a rabbit hole and only now are corporation or, or like algorithms and stuff starting to realize hey maybe let's not radicalize young people <laughs> and uh and so i just think like i again i'm super super strong supporter of free speech and there's a nuanced argument to be had like when should people be banned when should like words and language be banned but i i think the answer isn't none of the time <laughs> i guess uh, i think sometimes it's warranted but that's the thing because well in my opinion everybody has a different version of sometimes mm, like what, what's offensive true. to some people varies so so largely across cultures across different and areas, even subcultures exactly mm, there's like, there'll be a country but then there'll be a city but then there'll be a group within that exactly city. there'll be mm. diasporas of different people mm. who think differently to different people mm -hmm. and this is because this is what I say about so many things. Like, if I'm going to talk about something ridiculous like the N-word, in mm, my opinion... I was opinion, literally thinking about in that. In my opinion, <laughs> all right, personally, I have two opinions. Okay, because you... Like, look at it this way. If your argument is only black people should say the N-word, there are people who are quarter black who just look white. But they're black. They'll be like, I'm black, so I can say the N-word. And there are people who be like an eighth black, and they go, like, oh, I'm black. And they say I'm the one-sixteenth. <laughs> 
like people could just be like that, and because because there's no uh, there's no like mm. definitive there's no def- definition of what's black because black is so many things to different people. Yeah, you yeah. can't then start policing who gets to say the word because mm. if you just attach the black to it, anyone can theoretically be black. So it, to to battle things like that, it's it's an all or no, all or nothing mentality to me. Mm. Or either everyone just gets to say, which I think is a stupid idea because obviously there's going to be offense in that, or <laughs> nobody true. says. I mean, I have to pass. I'm getting. <laughs> Realistically, like if no one says the word, there there are so many words in the English dictionary. Why does yeah. that word need so much contention over it? Mm, it's like it's the same with it's the same with freedom of speech, really and truly. If it sounds so anarchist to say it, but if everyone said what they wanted to say, it wouldn't cause the controversy because the argument of what someone can say is always going to continue because there is no fine line of what yeah, should yeah. or shouldn't be said because mm-hmm. it just varies. It changes over time, it changes over distance, it changes, Yeah. all right? But if everyone's able to say whatever they want to say, the argument wouldn't be there. Yeah, there. Or yeah. if everyone was not allowed to say what they wanted to say, then the argument wouldn't be yeah. there, which is my my sort of yeah. view on the whole So you're situation. saying it's all or nothing. It's really yeah, all or nothing. Everyone can say whatever they like or because, no one can say anything Because the great area yeah. changes too yeah. much. Yeah. The, the only thing I would say is that um, I think, you know... Um, Something that I, something, a lot of things that, one of the things that I've been very concerned about with like cancel culture and stuff like that is I feel like people are confusing can I say something versus should I say something? So it's like, you know, I, so um, I really hate it when someone says something controversial and then other, and then, you know, like let's say I say like, "Hey, that's a really stupid opinion because of this, this, and this," and then they respond with, "Oh, am I not allowed to say anything?" Like, no, you're allowed to say anything, and I'm allowed to criticize you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah. So not that you were saying that, mm-hmm. but um, something I, I've seen a lot of people online confuse the two. So, like for example, I saw um, I saw uh, like a quote unquote doctor who was <laughs> super transphobic, um, and she was saying like oh, there are only two genders and stuff like that, which the entire scientific community disagrees with. Um, and she was saying, like, and she was saying, like, I'm not allowed to say, in, in scientific spaces, I'm not allowed to say that there's only two genders. Like, no, you're allowed to say it. People just disagree with you and they're going to call you out because they disagree with you. Mm. Um, and so I feel like a lot of people, again, not, not necessarily you, try to use the argument that I'm not allowed to say this when in reality, they are allowed to say it, it's just that people disagree. And they try to make themselves out to be the victim, when in reality, they just have, like, bad opinions. <laughs> what's a bad opinion? But that's ex- that's no, but that, exactly. No, but that, what the, I mean is that... The definition of an opinion is that it's neither true or false. No, but what, I mean, what I mean is that, like, you should, like... Just because someone, a lot of people disagree with you, and they're going to call you out on their bullshit, on, on your bullshit, doesn't mean that you can't say something. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. It's just that there's, um, that a lot of people use the argument, they say that I'm not allowed to say this, when in reality, you are allowed to say it. It's just that people disagree and will criticize you for it. Because if you're allowed to say what you want, people can take your opinion and say what they want about your opinion too. Yeah, and so that's that's all what I mean is that, um, so, you know, I believe you can say whatever you want, but I really don't like the people who, when I say that's really stupid, they say like, oh, well, I'm allowed to say it. Like, no, I know you're allowed to say it, <laughs> but I'm allowed to respond. <laughs> and so, like, with, with the whole cancel culture, it's like, yeah, I, I do think cancel culture has gone a bit too far. Oh, but a lot of a lot of people that I've seen is, so for, example, for example, comedians that use, like, you know, 
edgy jokes or something like they'll say an edgy joke and people say like hey that was a dumb joke and they'll be like you're not allowed to joke about anything like you're a comedian people are allowed to dislike your jokes why are you being so sensitive like you're the one being sensitive not the people criticizing you if that makes sense you know i get it i get Um, it and so like yeah i i do it, it is a bit of like a like a slippery slope and whatever but um i just am very wary of the people who say like i'm not allowed to say this because nine times out of ten no one is stopping you from saying it it's just that a lot of people disagree yeah that's true i guess it's playing some verbal jujitsu with them yeah yeah Um, yeah because yeah, I, I just saying this because I used to be the type of person who I, I'm still a super super supportive free speech but I used to be the type of person where it's like oh you're not allowed to say anything anymore but then I realized like no one actually cared when I said that <laughs> so and so I don't know it's just um, you know I feel like there's, there's a big difference between not being allowed to say something and most people agreeing with the with, with sorry there's a difference between not being able to say something and simply that most people will disagree with what you have to say yeah but also actually on that whole of um whole notion of agreeing versus disagreeing when is it okay to have that controversial opinion because sometimes that's just innovation sometimes it's just everyone's been doing things a certain way and thinking in this way and this one person has a different way and wants to change because because that's how change and innovation mm. and technology has happened throughout the throughout centuries mm. new new mindsets replace the old ones mm. so when because for example even the, the mindsets that we have now that oh um i don't know just everything of any any kind of the gender spectrum yeah the gender mm. spectrum um black rights gay rights jewish rights at one point in uh, let's, let's talk about western society mm, mm-hmm. they were not they were just weren't yeah. spoken about yeah, even mental yeah. health like we're talking about yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a stigma if if you weren't straight down the narrow then you're straight into an asylum or something especially mm-hmm. as a woman we're yeah, yeah. Have, women can't speak yeah yeah <laughs> So when does the fact that... I'm only here because my husband let me. Exactly. (laughs) I can't speak. must be seen, but not heard. (laughs) Like, when does it become okay to be the one with a different opinion? Yeah. Yeah, But see, discussions like that are are impossible. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I say. You You can't police things that have no black or white area to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it... Any sort... Any topic could be argued for or against and the result of that the thing about morality is that people think it's absolute but it isn't it isn't mm, yeah. there's no such thing as absolute morality there's no such thing as absolute good or absolute evil it depends on the perspective that you look yeah, at yeah exactly mm. and as a result of that whatever conversation we want to have about things is only going to end up going on for years and years and years like the whole discussion of actually you know let's, let's even tackle this right? <laughs> The discussion of paedophilia being accepted into the oh, LGBTQ okay. community. Oh, yeah, yeah they right. have their own flag and everything. Yeah, I think we were talking about this. Oh, my God. <laughs> As a member of the LGBTQ community. In my community. humble opinion, okay, personally, what, what they're doing is so wrong. Yeah. But on the other side, the argument that how, you're, how you feel and how you think yourself to be doesn't match what your physical or, or medically diagnosed persona is is an argument that even trans or or gay people also use i want to say ar- argument but is is a is a discussion that gay or trans people also use to identify themselves at and i completely agree with yeah, yeah, yeah like gay and trans people are they're real mm, like, yeah there's yeah, no yeah. discussion yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's completely real but then again that same argument if that argument does apply for people along the paedophilic spectrum and theoretically just by that argument they should also be allowed into the club but of course yeah wait uh, so you're saying that paedophilia should be accepted as a sexuality rather than a mental illness 
what I'm saying potentially no, okay, well, look, there look, should be a consideration historically okay. historically yeah. when, f- when the first people came out like as I'm gay, gay it was, a was like this illness. is a mental True. illness yeah, you're yeah, stupid yeah. why are you saying this yeah, yeah, but yeah. then they explained everything and it made so much more sense and the result of that, that it should have always been accepted but as a result of the explanation that they gave which is the same explanation that people P- in paedophilia mm. using now again mm. is the reason why they were expected mm. and, it's, and it's exactly that same link which is what I'm saying it doesn't morality whether or not something is good or bad doesn't matter it's how you perceive it so mm. being gay or being trans is neither good or bad because it's just the thing that you are. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's nothing bad or good about being yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah. But it's the way that people perceive yeah, that yeah. thing. In the same, but in the same aspect that theoretically being attracted to children can neither be good or bad, but it's just the way that someone views it. Because yeah. it's the way you view how children are. Are you harming your child by being attracted to them? Are you this or that? Yeah, can children be can yeah. children allowed to be uh, attracted to different ages, stuff like that? That's how you view it. And even our concept of children. Okay, this is gonna sound so Ooh. weird. But we um I say Joseph and I, we were having a discussion about I was considering right now. Culturally, story. Yeah, culturally no, culturally it's right. different. No, being also, a child no, we're, in we're Western discuss- society. No, we're, we're discussing a book, right? Where there's two people left on earth mm. and it's a mother and a son. Oh no, maybe not mother and son, but there was two people where a woman's like twenty five and the boy is like 15 or something something below the legal age but there's no one else left in the world there's no one to police the fact that there's a legal age and that made us realize that you know what actually what's so special about being 18 versus being yeah 50 because it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all a societal thing some societies think you're you're a man at 12 and you're, yeah, a, woman, yeah. you're a woman at 12 or 13 yeah, yeah. some societies might say oh no not until you're 18 mm. you know i'm sure they haven't plucked it out of thin air yeah yeah, yeah. But, but they've assigned, assigned even yeah. even biologically yeah. like yeah. Uh, we know that biology biologically um women and, and men vary at different they mature yeah. at different ages yeah, yeah, yeah. and even within the actual interspecific groups like of men and women it will take like one woman could be ready for having children by 12 another could have to wait until 16 yeah someone else until 20 yeah yeah, you know and as a result of that having the discussion of whether or not pedophiles can or cannot be with certain people because there's such a variance in the topic it really makes no sense to have the discussion anyways yeah Yeah. that's exactly why having discussion on what is offensive or what isn't really can't happen because it depends on who you're having discussion with i um i i'm I might talk for a while just because uh, I, I want to respond to everything. Yeah, so I think um, so. The reason we brought up the pedoph- the pedophilia thing, which I I want to get into, but is um, I completely agree that no topic should be considered off limits. Mm-hmm. But I also think if you're talking about things that are controversial, um, the the people who say like controversial opinions should be ready for criticism. But I do agree that no conversation should be like completely off topic. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think they're like the the like where should the age of consent be and like how should we treat pedophiles? Like I don't think these are these are things that we shouldn't talk about. Obviously, these are things that we should talk about. Um, like even even if they're controversial. And then going into the actual issue, I I think. Um, I do agree that like the the line does seem arbitrary because you know there are probably um, you know because you know the reason we don't have it is because um, adults can easily take advantage of children and you know having sexual relations with having coerced sexual relationship at at a young age can like really affect you yeah, and trauma and, and whatever mentally so, like, that's, damage you yeah so like that's life. the reason and the fact that like you can get a a thirteen year old to do whatever like hey if you if you 
do this, I'm gonna give you candy. Okay. That's not exactly, <laughs> that's not exactly informed consent. Not so, not so. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, and so, like, that's, that's the reason, you. that's the reason why we have the age of consent. But obviously, there's a, like, there's loads of 13 year olds that, that like, doesn't they, apply there, to. There's a line, yeah. like, the reason we have it at 18 or 16 or whatever is just because we just have to have a line. Somewhere. So it's like, obviously, is there a theoretically like fifteen year olds that are that are like super mature could handle having sexual relations with relationships with someone that are older and it's completely uncoerced? Like yes, that does exist, but like we, we have to have a line, I guess. Yeah, and it's easier um, if everyone's on the same page. You know, it's eighteen. Uh, let's not question it, and then everybody yeah. can understand. Yeah, because I'm sure there everybody are isn't like on the same page. No? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I just think it's just interesting to talk about, and, and I think you know. Also, there's probably like twenty year olds who are like really immature. Yeah. Who like if they if they you know had sexual relationship with someone who was like thirty, then that would still be coerced. Like, like obviously, would like the, the line of consent. Mm. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm assuming that that's the case. No, no, yeah, definitely. Times, there's you know? some there's some that are maybe immature. So I guess it's just about having good communication on whatever topic it is, whether it's mental health, whether it's paedophilia, yeah, whether yeah. it's freedom of speech. That is a real... That is so <laughs> it was all around the board. I don't know how you can yeah. physically argue that because for you to like kids, you must, you just must not like anyone. No, <laughs> like, no but I'm saying... There is a just whole when, 60 years... Oh, sorry. That's what I'm saying. A whole 60 years. For you to like, and then you go, ah, nah, you know what? That 12 and under, I need that. No, because no, it's, like, it's a, yeah. I completely, like, I think some people, um, there's been like a, a, a new wave of people being like, yeah, I, like, pedophilia isn't a sexual orientation and they shouldn't be in the LGBT community. But non-offending pedophiles should not be treated like criminals and i actually completely agree you it know like sense, because you know on it. i think we should definitely have emp- because obviously like obviously like it's their responsibility to not harm any children that being said i understand that it's way harder for them not to hurt children than for me like i have empathy yeah. and just being like wow like that must suck i i just define pedophile as like someone who is attracted to children yeah that's the way i've yeah. seen it as well yeah, and so, that if, makes them so if someone is, is non-offending and they've done that and then they like let's say like a friend of mine for whatever reason comes to me and says like hey you know like i'm having this thing and obviously i, I haven't like hurt, hurt any children but like it's really i'm like really struggling with it then I wouldn't just be like, ew, you're gross, go away. Obviously, like, I think we should all have empathy and just 100%. be like, wow, like, I'm sure that that's difficult. Like, obviously, like, I, I, we shouldn't treat them like they're amazing people for, for yeah. not having children. <laughs> no, children you just have a little, like, bit, of have a little bit of empathy. It's like yeah, what we said, yeah. it's not their fault that they're a pedophile, but it's it is their, their responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> so thanks for coming, guys. Oh, yeah, this has been this. Let's Get Triggered. Let's hope that you weren't too triggered today. I am, in fact, very <laughs> triggered. <laughs> um, it's been Lizzie Musa. We've had Matt. We've had Joseph. Thanks Thank for tuning you. in. Make sure you follow my socials. I'm real Joe. Thank you. <laughs> I'll leave links for your socials there. <laughs> All right. All right, cool. Thank you.